This episode of The Patch is brought to you by Insert Coin Clothing, the home of epic gaming apparel and accessories. Get up to 70% off during the January sale on loads of awesome designs like Splinter Cell, Remember Me, and much more. Save 15% on your purchase when you use offer code New Year's Rooster. That's New Year's Rooster at insertcoinclothing.com. Stop schlepping to the drugstore and paying $20 for shave tech you don't need. For a couple bucks a month, dollarshaveclub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Shave time, shave money with Dollar Shave Club. Go to dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. I'm back. This you week, are Gus, Gus, Ashley, Ryan, Gus. It hasn't been the same without you, Gus. I've been. I was sitting over there the whole time. It's true. You wasn't oh, the dark. Oh no, we we know that, but it still wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, was, it was it was it was good to get yeah, a little refresher. But now I'm back to rule. You recharge your batteries, ready for a podcast. Yes, ready for ready for a, a whole hour of the patch. To, to, <laughs> to rule the hourglass. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> a lot of great news. CES going on this week. Yeah. Uh, I feel like CES isn't typically a show you get a lot of video game news out of. Uh, well, it's a good hardware show, and we're video games and hardware crossover than it is. Right. Otherwise, not well, so much. Well, sort of, but at the same time, it's also not where you would expect a major console announcement or anything like that because it's too tech-focused and not gaming enough focus. Wasn't the original Xbox first officially announced at a CES, I think? You know, I'm I actually not like, sure. It very it very well could have been. It just seems like the gaming industry has been moving more into its own thing and a little bit further away from the tech sector. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that Ubisoft used to have a booth there every year. I don't even know if they do that anymore. You know, know. A lot of games companies have, have moved away from that. I think they're doing more PAX stuff and consumer-oriented stuff now. Yeah, I mean, the, the original Xbox, I could see how maybe that would have been sort of their niche market for introducing it, though. It's, that's a technology show, and that was a new technology, which is kind of the direction they were sort of launching that. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look it up frantically here. It's so fast. It was announced in... Uh, if only we had someone sitting over there fact-checking for us. It was announced in March, so that doesn't <laughs> seem like that would be uh, CES. No, that would so, be maybe a GDC. Uh, was maybe. that the Game maybe- Developers Conference? Yep. Was that mm-hmm. uh, GDC in 2000? Is where it was first announced. There you go. Little known fact about a console from ten years ago. Thirteen. Uh, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen years there ago. There you go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Actually, not a little known fact either. I'm sure lots of people know that. So um, and now the, more people know. Something yes. that was announced was about a billion steam machines. A billion. Oh my or God, 13. So many. Everyone is making a steam machine. Yeah. Yeah. And well, they range in price from. Five hundred dollars to, to six thousand. Yeah, yeah, a billion dollars maybe. I don't know. <laughs> From competitive with consoles to why would you even bother? To expensive for a computer. Oh, I guess there's a there's a mock-up of yeah. the uh, the Alienware alien one. One. Uh, if you're, if you're, that one's weird too. That one is a little bit weird. No, just just in that, like they said, we're making one. By the way, we're not telling you the specs. Yeah, they probably are still trying to figure out a good price point. I mean, it seems like... It looks cool. It's like a <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> case. It is, it is very cool. It is. I mean, they've, it's like a shotgun approach of, of specs for this and prices. I mean, they're all over the map. Yeah, that's, the price points that I see do, do not keep it in line with what I was expecting that they would be going for. Uh, yeah, me either. Were it, you thinking much more the, like, $500 right. console price range? Right. You know, like, if you're going to compete with a console, like, otherwise, like, I'm, if you're going to pay 1500 or $6,000... 
why not just buy a computer? Yeah, well, <laughs> why not just put a home theater PC but in That's your... what they are. Yeah. That are, is yeah. exactly what they are. Yeah, they this, are, this, this they're has... full-on supercomputers that just happen to be running specific they're, they're not, even not even super, yeah. Well, no, the, the ones that are going to be running dual yeah. Titans are pretty yeah. super. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, but you don't get the flexibility of even being able to run, like, a home theater PC on it. It's well, like, actually, a lot do, of them are dual booting. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Which, actually, dual booting on a lot of these Steam machines, to but, me, is bad news again, for SteamOS. Yeah, and I don't want to dual boot. I don't want to deal with this shit, dude. I, know, I turn my console on. I don't choose an operating system. It turns on and it does everything I well, want. You could set a but default. You could. Yeah, it'd be a default to SteamOS if you wanted it to. Right, but <laughs> no, I mean, but to be fair, I'm I'm really not disagreeing with you. I think this is a really weird place to be. Of course, I mean, Valve is in the, a great spot here because it's not their hardware, really. I mean, they're make they came up with the OS and the concept and the controller. But everything else is, yeah, you guys do whatever you want. Yeah, really, what risk are they exposed to? Yeah, Nothing, not it, really. It is interesting that they're running this entire project, and the only income they're really going to be making is on incremental game sales. Well, yeah, they get I mean, also the, the, also the controller. Yes, controller. more hats. Yeah, more and hats. I mean, they get, uh, I think they get a back-end slice of anything that's sold through Steam. So the more they expand the Steam market, the more they're you know going to get money that way. But... Uh, Do you think they also maybe license the name Steam Machine or Steam Box or whatever? <laughs> it's like like a manufacturer who makes it or adheres to those standards and markets, markets it like that. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like a, an old thing where it's like, Manufacturers have to pay a licensing fee for SteamOS. And, I, you know, I don't think they do because SteamOS is free, right? I, 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 yeah, I doubt so. that's the case. They're licensing the logo, though, to all the uh, hardware manufacturers because okay. a lot of them have it imprinted on the actual box. Yeah, right. and the, some of those do look pretty cool. Actually. They do. And some like, of them look like the embossed ones. Really ugly. Yeah, some, some are really I'm, pulling, I'm pulling up the 13 here. Um, <laughs> is there some significance to the 13 there's number? There's Alienware, there's Alternate, there's Falcon Northwest. There there's are companies I've never heard of. Web Holland, which is a Swedish manufacturer, mm-hmm. apparently. I buy powders um, in there. Next so. Spa. Next that, that spot, sounds yeah. like a place I'd go to exfoliate, not a, not like a fucking gaming system. I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that it actually can be used for exfoliation. <laughs> <laughs> it's made out of pumice, so the finest quality. Uh, an unlisted stat there, pumice ability. Yeah, it is It is interesting that there are so many different ones that they've announced. And this is apparently just the first generation, so we have no idea like what's going to come after this. Mm-hmm. But it does run a pretty, like, like there's no centralized theme around any mm-hmm. of them. SteamOS. Well, aside from SteamOS, I would actually that. be very we'll interested in um, in seeing if. I mean, do we know if Windows is going to support the SteamOS? Like, if well, or I mean, not not SteamOS? Sorry, um, the Steam controller. I would imagine that because if it is, support for yeah, it. I would think so. So if it is, then what's the? Yeah, point? then you could just run Steam in like big picture mode. Exactly. On, a, on a Windows machine. Well, that's what you know. that's designed to be. Is right. The, yeah. I don't, dude. That's what I've been saying the whole time. I don't get it. I know. I was I was opposing you <laughs> until I started seeing them, and now I'm I'm starting to wonder. But again, it's like maybe once we see more at a, more of it in the wild, once we actually see it working in the ecosystem, maybe it'll make more sense. And you know, that's that's a funny thing too, is that I feel like since they've announced these specific ones, and everyone's now realizing that they really are just PCs, the sentiment's actually turning a little bit. When they were first announced, it was very much, you know, all hell Gaben. You know, this is going to be the most amazing revolutionary thing of all time. I know you were a skeptic. You're going, yes, yes. I'm agreeing, yes. <laughs> um, but now that people are actually, like, seeing that that's the way it's going to go, they go, oh, well, maybe this isn't going to be, like, maybe this isn't going to change the world the way we thought it would. It's, I mean, it's turning out to be probably a lot more smoke and mirrors than what people thought it was going to be. I mean, the big announcement from Valve really is the controller in SteamOS, and then the hardware 
platform is something that's really, again, it goes back to that. It's nothing to do with Valve at that point anymore. They, yeah. They've got kind of a generic form factor. But even the form factor, I, I mean, at least I kind of thought it was going to be a more specific form factor. So you'd kind of know what the thing would look like. But from what we've seen, they're all over the map. So Yeah, which is funny because Valve was actually pretty open about it from the beginning. They, mm-hmm. they did say you could, it'll be a wide range of configurations. You can update these. You can take them out. You can replace hardware components. They were saying, it's just like a PC. But until, until these announcements, I don't think people quite got that. Uh-huh. They were still thinking that, that, it, that it would be something more, more cohesive. More console-like. More console-like, mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. More closed. That's basically <laughs> the difference we're looking at here now is, well, price point and that it's an open architecture instead of a closed one. Yeah. We'll see. The, the, it'll, be, it'll be an interesting year as these things start to roll out. Uh, when, do, do you know when the first one's coming out? I think I, I read that one of them was coming out like by the end of this month. And the, 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 like the Alienware one that was going to be like late this year. Yeah, I, the ones that I've heard about have been have all been talking about the back half of the year. Okay. But they can't really release until SteamOS is finalized, right? And that's only recently gone into beta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be really surprised well, if Steam they can finalize it Well, Steam likes selling you games quickly. that are in beta. So that's why true. wouldn't you, you get an OS that's in beta? <laughs> we'll see. Um, so one of the other big uh, announcements, I thought, that came out of CES was NVIDIA talking about the new Tegra K1. Oh, yeah. uh, I guess uh, GPU for mobile devices, which is so it's a mobile, basically uh, GPU with 192 CUDA cores. Which 192? Uh, when I first saw that, it took me a minute to remember that Tegra is mobile because 192 is like whatever. I mean, the 700 series is somewhere in the 1500 right. CUDA cores. Also, so. if if I may, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure CUDA cores isn't even a word. That's, <laughs> that literally sounds like a word that someone just made up. Like, oh yeah, it it's sounds, got uh, lots of gnomes in there. It, gnomes. it sounds like something you would you would encounter in if you're playing Space Team. When you're like, flip, <laughs> yeah. you're like flip the CUDA cores. What? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's really funny. That's actually where the name came from. Somebody was playing there. <laughs> Oh, my CUDA cores are flipped. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did this. This is a bad that's hand. That's why you do it all the time. I think you're very fortunate the camera wasn't on you at the time where there'd be lots okay. of GIFs. Yeah, no, that's uh, fine. You can, you can do it again for the camera if you want. I saw it. It was there. Yeah. It was CUDA cores. <laughs> CUDA core. There uh, you go. And it also uh, supports DirectX 11. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is pretty fucking intense for a for mobile, mobile. Uh, GPU. And some, I mean, they had some demos running, but I'm not sure that any demo I saw where they're actually running it on mobile hardware was a little choppy. Uh, and then they'd go to, a, you know, a without a frame and all of a sudden be running pretty smooth on a, a demo. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but I also yeah. assume that, like, the mobile, the hardware technology will probably catch up before, like, it will catch up to this technology. And then outpace it, and it's yeah. just it's just that gradual stepping. Like so they have to catch back yes, and forth. They yeah. have to catch up to each other, and then a new one will come out, and they're never quite in sync for well, more than five minutes. I mean, kind of on the back of this is the, also the news with uh, PlayStation Now. So, at some point, is there any benefit to developing the mobile platform's hardware in that direction if you can just stream games directly to them? That's a good question. I mean, the, so, so I guess we should explain what PlayStation yeah. Now yes, is for true. people who don't know. So PlayStation Now is the service that Sony had talked about during the PS4 unveiling last year, which is uh, an on-demand streaming Gaikai-based uh, service. So it's like on a PS4 or PS3, you could stream the back catalog of PlayStation games and play them without actually physically having the disc or the hardware to run that software in your machine. Right. right. So it's basically their version of an their their version of backwards compatibility. Since right. neither PS4 or Xbox One are backwards compatible, this is their solution: is mm-hmm. don't worry, you never have to run it. 
you just stream it and one of our machines will run it. And I, I believe what they said was they were looking at different models for pricing. And one of them was you might be able to rent a game for a fee or you could just have a subscription to the PlayStation Now service and then just get unlimited access to the catalog. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Although I imagine they'll probably experiment a bit more with that in the closed beta they're doing this month. So I'm kind of surprised that that stuff... I mean, to start with, I'm actually really excited about that because I never had a PS3. There's a lot of PS3 titles I really want to play. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to being able to get access to that. I'm kind of surprised that that wasn't more of a priority closer to launch just because of the dead zone of titles we've got right now. It would have helped for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more people like me too, especially with the number of people moving back and forth between you know moving over to PlayStation from uh, Microsoft's console. Well, I don't know why I called it that. <laughs> but uh, with you know the people moving over, probably in the same position I am, where they would want to play that back catalog, you'd think they would have had that more up front. But hey, you know it's coming at least. I'm sure there's. Uh, I'm sure you know they have priorities on getting the console out the door. <laughs> Plus, if you think about it, I mean their home turf is Japan. That console still hasn't even come out there, and won't until the end of February. Right, it doesn't for you know almost another two months or a month it's and a crazy. half. Crazy. So they can pat it. You know, they, it's it's not quite. Not quite so bad. Not that it's hurt their well, business. We're like 4.2 million sold so far. But. It's crazy. It's really impressive. They would still also consider this launch window, though. Isn't the, the like the first six months is launch window? So anything that so. comes in that is, you Until know. you can actually walk into the store and see a, 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 like a number of units for sale in stock, then it's still launch window. When, they, when they're sold as soon as they get off the shelf, launch window. Right. But that, you know, can also be down to demand. Like Xbox One, I would still consider in its launch window. Reportedly, I don't go to stores very much, but reportedly there are a lot more Xbox Ones on shelves than there oh, are really? PS4s. I, I, I have mean, yet to see either. At the local fries, there actually were Xbox Ones over the holidays, but I did not see a PS4 or PS3 anywhere. Interesting. So when, you know, uh, Xbox or Microsoft announced that, they'd sold 3 million Xbox Ones, and Sony announced they sold 4.2 million PS4s. Uh, in my head, I thought that it was a supply constraint, because since I hadn't seen one in a store yet, I figured, oh, well, that's all they can make, so that's all, you know, they're selling. Uh, but if you're seeing them in stores, you know, that's a different, that's well, a different story. There are some interesting... Um things with that though in that ps4 is available in i want to say at least 48 countries whereas the xbox one is still available in 13 okay so where microsoft is focusing all those units on just these regions whereas ps4 is definitely much more spread out globally yeah but sony and also has, has not accessed their home japanese market you have True. not that's seen gonna them go achieve nuts. their final four <laughs> that's gonna go nuts there yeah they're gonna have uh Robust sales in Japan. You heard it here first. I'm, I'm calling it right now. So the PS4 will sell well in Japan. If they got any kids left by the time it comes out. They're having a little you know, generational they, problem there. They're having some baby problems. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's not baby be a downer about it. Um, here, let me read this thing here. Uh, I want to remind everyone that this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Stop schlepping to the drugstore and paying $20 for shave tech you don't need. For a couple bucks a month, DollarShaveClub.com delivers amazing quality razors right to your door. Shave time, shave money with Dollar Shave Club. We love them. You will too. Go to DollarShaveClub.com slash rooster. That's DollarShaveClub.com slash rooster. Uh, so you know, they've got three different blades you can choose from. Uh, and they've all got you know what you, what you need from a razor, lubricating strips, stainless steel blades. Uh, and you get a free handle, of course. Um, <laughs> and you can change your plan, upgrade, downgrade to a different blade anytime you want. And they've also got some other great stuff, like a uh, shave butter, which you can use in place of shaving cream. Uh, and you can cancel at any time. 
So go to dollarshaveclub.com slash rooster. I, whenever I have to shave, I love using their shave butter and their razors. Now, you whenever, take- I have to trim all the time because otherwise <laughs> I've got like a mess all up in here. It's like Teen Wolf. Yeah, this connects to here, believe it or not. <laughs> if I don't cut that out, I'm like, all of this is a mess. It's like I've got to, I've got to keep it in check. So thank you for making me not look disgusting. More disgusting. Uh, so um, we were talking uh, about steam boxes, and one of the things I wanted to mention in correlation with the steam boxes was the Project Christine thing that mm-hmm. Razor talked about, which was basically like a modular chassis that you can put components into uh, as you need them, which and it, it's all liquid cool. And it's not it a pretty thing. It sounds cool. No, it's not pretty, but it's not meant to be. That's like, it looks like science fiction. It's it looks like, like a, a bunch love letter to <laughs> Ultimate PC Gaming. Is it, though? It, I feel like I'm on a spaceship if I have that. It's like, uh-oh, we need more CUDA cores. Let's put some more in there. <laughs> you know? but, in, but in what way is it being sci-fi a bad thing? That's like no, you're like gaming not, on the I'm future. Not, yeah, I'm not criticizing. I love it. I think it looks great. It looks like a, a lacy storage device is what it looks oh, like, honestly. Does, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, the the fact that they're all independently cooled is kind of an interesting feature. Uh, you know, talk about out-of-the-box factory overclocking type things. But I don't know. We'll see. It depends on what the modules are. That's really where the interesting part of this is going to be. Can I dock a second CPU uh, and make kind of a server setup? I right. Mean, I, I, I mean, I would imagine. I mean, what ultimately, what do you need? You know, computer. You need like a CPU, a GPU, disk space, RAM. RAM. Mm-hmm. Hard drive, yeah. What you yeah. Get some, you got it. Get some sound card. Yeah, that's Man. all integrated. Are those now? just integrated yeah. on, sound, on the Believe it or not, Sound Blaster is still a company. Or Creative Labs actually still sells Sound Blasters yep. to somebody. I don't know who. Make I headphones guess. now, right? Uh, do they still make headphones? I think too? they do, yeah. There's still the, I just remember the live, I think. Sound Blaster, Sound Blaster Live. Live. I think still around. I think that's the or last there. sound card I bought was a Sound Blaster Live Gold. Like God, uh-huh. back in I think that's what I had too. Ninety nine, maybe. Man, it has been a long time since I've built a computer and needed to buy a sound card. Yeah, I, I just assume that there's an extreme audiophiles out there that really are the do ones you, that that's targeted. Do for. you think that we'll start to see that kind of shift with video cards as well between uh, streaming video games like PlayStation Now and also between onboard graphics becoming? so good you know the new uh, haswell architecture that intel has has that intel uh, iris pro integrated graphics which isn't as good as a discrete graphics card but you know give them another five ten years will it be so good that you don't need a discrete graphics card and we're gonna all be having that discussion like oh remember when we used to buy nvidia or we you know you know are we gonna do you think that's gonna suffer the same fate i don't know i think it's i think that that kind of technology is going to rely much more on uh, networks to get much, much better. They were saying for PlayStation Now that uh, to have a good, reliable connection, they recommend you have at least a 5 megabit per second connection. Mm-hmm. And it relies more on latency than actual bandwidth as well. So if you could have a super that fast connection, sense. but if you're somewhere like Australia that traditionally has really high latency for servers, then it might not work that well because every input that you make will have, will be super delayed. Yeah, input lag is going to be the thing that kills it way more than necessarily quality. Quality, they can always step it down a little bit, but mm-hmm. the actual latency between you and the server... Yeah, so I, I feel like the streaming, like that sort of streaming service is going to drive demand for better networks more so than sh- shutting off technology. Okay. Yeah. We need better internet, is the moral of the story. Yeah. Plus, I don't think Intel's really fighting too hard to take over dominance in the 3D uh graphics card industry. I think they're they're making good solutions for run-of-the-mill onboard stuff, but they're not really trying to, to kick NVIDIA or uh, well, ATI out I, of the, I think A&E, that sorry. they're making more of a play uh, in the mobile space. Like when it comes to like laptops, that's where you definitely see that a lot more. 
Uh, and, you know, with the advent of mobile devices like this fucking thing, uh, <laughs> they're trying to catch up here. You know, they got left mm-hmm. behind uh, with this type of technology. So I think, you know, between these types of devices and, you know, having to do something for laptops, I could see them as an answer, like, almost like a, by accident, be like, oh, yeah, we put you out of business. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. My bad. Didn't mean to do it's that. Like when the, it's like when the, the giant steps on you and doesn't even know. <laughs> it's like smash. Oh, it's real slippery. Yeah, sorry. Gross. <laughs> um, so over the break, over the holidays, I don't remember who, I think it was my brother-in-law recommended to me that I play this game on Steam called Papers, Please. And I've been fucking obsessed with it. I saw it. you tweeting <laughs> about it. So basically the premise of the game is you are a passport control agent at that there's the game you're a passport control agent at a border for like uh, an eastern bloc country during the cold war and people come and you have to inspect their documents determine if they're valid or not and then either let them into the country or deny them entrance and you can detain them so there's like a rule book and you have to like oh, this is a mod and or something there's like the team fortune don't let the pyro in but uh yeah I, I can play it forever no I've I haven't played it myself but I hear that it it brings out your dark side. Yes. I, I thought, oh, this will be fun. No, like you start to like, I don't know, you go to a weird place. It makes me think of like that uh, prisoners and guards psychology experiment where it's like they lock people up and they tell someone you're a guard, some you're a prisoner. I mean, is, is there incentive to deny people or wanna, or you, do you just feel like it? Well, you, you can <laughs> deny them if you feel like it, but you definitely need to deny some people if they have expired paperwork or forged paperwork or they don't have all their paperwork in order. Because if you let them in, then you get fined if you didn't, if you let them into the country <laughs> illegally or improperly. So right. it's a game for people who love paperwork. Yes, and rules, and, and following and the rules. rules. It's bureaucracy, the game. Uh, like it's it's funny you joke you can joke about it, but it's actually one of the it's, oh, it's nominated will. for uh, in the Independent Games Festival for it's nominated for a ton of awards. Uh, it's really, really good. Well, like, I mean, I what category itself. does that go into? Uh, actually, I have a list here. Uh, <laughs> puzzle? It's game? the no. best of the bureaucracy simulators there is available on the market right now. <laughs> it's competing against Euro Truck Simulator oh, and Lumberjack Simulator. <laughs> Those are uh, man. I tried Woodcut Simulator. Actually, that's a that's a thing. It's nominated in. God damn it! Slow loading. We need better internet. Papers, please. Excellence in narrative. So there's a story. Does it have a narrative? Yeah, there's also a story. <laughs> you know, so you you work every day, and then you you get money, you uh-huh. get paid, and you have to take care of your family. So you have to like so it's like the pay Sims. rent, food. But you don't manage it, like the family stuff is just a screen. It's just like a like budget budgeting? screen, basically. Like, do you have money for food? Do you have money for heat? Your apartment, uh, that kind of thing. See, it's weird. I can tell that you find this game super compelling, but every time you try to explain it, it just sounds like the worst idea ever. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Like, right. oh, like, I, I'm sorry, I have to do a budget. I don't do a budget for my actual life. You will for your virtual family in the Cold War in the Eastern Bloc. Exactly. That's, I, that's, so, I don't know. Excellence that's in narrative, deep. excellence in design, Nuovo Award. Mm. I guess that's like overall excellence. Sure. Excellence in excellence. <laughs> Highly recommend it. So I picked up on the Steam stuff for like six bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. And I've played it for hours and hours. Cannot say enough good things about that game. Is it one of those games where you just don't have to use a lot of your brain? No, you definitely have to it's use a lot right, of your brain. Okay. Yeah, like, you got to check all those documents. <laughs> if, if, if someone tries to talk to me or it's like, no, 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 like I, I've got to be like super focused on Stop it. This one might be a terrorist. i got to make sure he doesn't get in the country. <laughs> there are terrorists. You have to be careful. There's like a whole subplot with like this terrorist group trying to infiltrate the country. And you can either like choose to help them and let their agents in or you like can expose them. It's just a lot. All right. 
It's a lot. I'll give it a try. It's a very deep game. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it was nominated for uh, a bunch of uh, IGF awards. So, quality. Cool. And wasn't uh, Stanley Parable was also nominated for some IGF awards, I think. Yeah. Also in narrative, probably. Narrative and visual design, I think, as well. Uh, I played Stanley Parable as well. Um, I thought it was okay. I, it didn't grab me as much as I think it grabbed a lot of other people. I like. I only played a little bit of the new one and only because Bernie insisted. Um, but I I remember it mostly from the old version where it was just it was just a Half Life mod before mm-hmm. it was standalone. Um, and the, the core is essentially the same. That it it seems almost more like it's a thesis on narrative game design. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, like, and it's like the fact that it's fun, that's really cool, but it it does seem like a thesis of some sort. Like you're like they're proving a point. Yeah, it's more like uh, uh, like a school project or a university project as opposed to a game. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> which which doesn't stop it from being a lot of fun, especially, you know, you know, contravening any instructions that you get. Like that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely not a game in the traditional sense. Yeah, man, I can't wait for them to have the multiplayer mod. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have a bunch of Stanleys running around Not following the goddamn yellow line um, So uh, I guess Apple announced That during 2013 They did more than 10 billion dollars In sales uh, on the app store I thought they were saying so, oh. it was something like 15 And the year before that was 7 so it more than doubled Oh I read let me look up my source here yes, I read please. 10 billion this past year and 15 the previous year. Yeah see according to Joystick anyway uh, Or Joystick uh, it's 10 billion sales last year. Okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait. The, hmm? Help me take what, 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 sales. I see the 15 the billion number. Man. Come on. Let me read the, the paragraph. Yes, please do. <laughs> the App Store made $10 billion in sales last year, with December alone providing over a billion dollars and a record-breaking amount of app downloads. iOS users racked up almost 3 billion downloads last month, helping to take the App Store developers' earnings to date up to a whopping $15 billion. Okay. So that's developer earnings. Okay, okay. So, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So, developer earnings, that means that they're... Not including Apple's cut. Right, yeah. So, on top of that is more. Well, that's lifetime developers okay. have earned $15 billion. Uh, not, uh, not just that year. I wonder what percentage the Apple Store takes. Do we know? Is that public? Uh, I, I, I feel like I've read that before, and I think they take like 33%. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, why not? It's their platform, I guess. Yeah. Oh, and I, I closed it, so I don't remember right now, but I mm-hmm. think the most downloaded app last year was Candy Crush. And the highest, the highest grossing app was, was oh, there you go is uh, Minecraft Pocket Edition. Yeah, the the best paid app was Minecraft, but I think the top grossing one was still Candy Crush, just based on microtransactions. Ah, okay. I think the number I was looking at didn't count the, the in-game right, okay. microtransactions. So, so, do they take a cut of the microtransactions as well? Yes. Okay. Wow, they're double dipping on Look, that. I, w- I will say that if Steam, if, if Valve's cut is anywhere near that, I can see why they're pushing Steam machines so hard. Because if they can expand it and get you know a third of mm. That many more game sales? Of course they're going to do I mean, judging from the, the price points for a lot of the games I see on Steam, I have not thought that it could be that much just because they're still underpricing everything. By, by about 10 bucks. Uh, the games on Steam are going to be cheaper than their equivalents on either of the consoles. So if the, the Steam side cut was anything comparable to what Microsoft or uh, Sony take, then I would think your games would all be about the same price. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It's just speculation. I don't know. So I see here on uh, on Twitter that someone uh, befuddled Eagle is asking if I enjoyed Stanley Parable more than I enjoyed Dear Esther, uh, which is another game I had played also on Steam. I enjoyed Stanley Parable a lot more than Dear Esther. Dear Esther, oh, a big suck at Dear Esther from Gus. Uh, did you ever play Dear Esther? I haven't. No. Um, it's slow. It's like <laughs> wasn't it also a little bit fucked up? Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's, I think my big complaint was that there was no way to run. <laughs> and it was like you had to walk everywhere. And it's like, but that's the point of the game. It's kind of like a slow exploration thing, very awesome. methodical. Yeah, Strolling. Like, I just want, I wish, some, I wish it was a mod support for this so I could run. It makes you think of like Doom when you couldn't hold your gun and your flashlight at the same time. And it takes the mod community to fix that problem. Yeah. There's no one in any game ever just walks anywhere. It doesn't matter. You're always hightailing. Why did they even bother having that, I wonder? I mean, I understand. <clears throat> the, the, here's the, the thing that does always bother me about walking. A lot of these games include walking. Or, I mean, specifically, I play a lot of the PC games. And uh, anytime you have an NPC you have to follow, your walk speed, which you have for no other reason than I can figure is to follow NPCs, is different from theirs. Yeah. That is weird to me that, you're, that follows, your speed never seems to be the same as NPC speed. Yeah. Maybe they want to make sure you don't lose the NPC. Like, if the NPC gets far enough away from you, then you can't catch up. Then you can just run. Just run. You've got the run button. He doesn't. What if in, like, a game like World of Warcraft, where there is no run button, you just have a set walk speed, you lose him. And it's like, you will will always be that far apart. All right. I mean, I can see that, maybe. Well, why don't they just put a little rubber band on him? (laughs) You're right. As they get further away, they should walk slower than as you get closer. Yeah. They should get up to your speed. Don't make me sit there and run circles around the guy just to get where we're going. You're right. That's a really good idea. Thanks, Ryan. You're welcome, game developers. Game developers, Ryan Ryan and I will take a cut of that technology. We just yeah, patented 33%. 33% of your uh, rubber band NPC <laughs> technology. Um, uh, Shay182 on Twitter is actually saying that according to Runic Games, Steam takes about 25% for sale. That's still a pretty good cut. I mean, you get it out to a lot of people, though. Steam's yeah. at what... I love that quote from Gabe Newell the other day where they asked him you know, how he was feeling about the 3 million sales of Xbox One. And he said, nah, I'm not that worried about it because, you know, we're, our user base is 65 million. So they have a ways to go to before they catch up. Well, what I love about them. I, lo- I did love that bit of sass. <laughs> what I love about them taking 25% of a cut from sales is that before they take 25%, they cut 75% of the price off. That's true. It's like they discount everything and they're like, well, you're going to lose all that money? And then we're going to take a quarter of it. And but, yeah. it's, but it's amazing how, like, how many more sales they can generate. Like that one developer. Um, I can't remember who they are off the top of my head, but they were saying that they made their year-to-date sales on oh, right. a, on a game again in eight hours during like the Steam Flash sale. Yeah, because people will buy it even if they don't want it at certain points because it's just so cheap that it's how do you not buy it? I bought 3D Heathens. Mark on the Steam sale like that. It was like it was like two forty nine. I was like, fine, why not? <laughs> yeah, if the developers thought they weren't getting a good deal out of it, they'd pull their stuff. So there must be good money on both ends to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a great ecosystem. I find myself I find myself using it a lot. And that, God, thank God, the fucking sale is over. That winter sale, I was obsessed with snow globes. Oh, were you? How oh. many did you collect? I don't even remember. I don't know, man. I got snow <laughs> you globes lost yourself in the snow Wait, globes. what do you mean you collect snow globes during a sale? You get it's like the meta game they have. It's like as you buy stuff and as you vote on sales, you get snow globe cards like a virtual item, and okay. you combine ten of them to then get a special in-game item. And then you can okay. trade the snow globes with other players. So like, or sell them. Or sell them. So if you're missing some snow globes, you'd be like, hey, you got a number eight? I got a number six. You want to trade? And it's like you can swap them. It's like them. a black market. Yeah. It's, yeah, really. I mean, there's a whole virtual non-good marketplace that exists there. And you can see what the you know going rate for that card is. Like, oh, it's up to 20 cents. Yeah. I should sell. Oh, I got a foil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the new Bitcoin, really. <laughs> but yeah, so snow globes, man. I, I, uh, Gilby and I were talking about them nonstop throughout the sale. But yeah, thank God it's over. <laughs> um, so I, I guess there was a rumor the other day. What is today? The eighth. There was a rumor yesterday 
out of Ubisoft saying that development on the division really hasn't started yet. Yeah. That, in fact, they're not really even done with the engine. Well, I thought they said the engine was, was pretty pretty there. What they said was the engine's mostly done. Right. <laughs> Which <laughs> you really can't get full full steam on your development until the engine's done. Yeah. Well, it's a bit weird to me, too, in that they were saying that, um, what's the new Tom Clancy one? Um, the Division? What was the other one then? The one that they just delayed? Not um, not not Watch Dogs, but they still delayed another oh, they one. Did, uh, they scrapped it. It was the new, it was the Rainbow Six. There was yeah, Rainbow, Rainbow Six oh, Patriots. Yeah, yeah. They they said we're gonna scrap it. We're gonna just we're gonna start all the way over because we just didn't like how it was going. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of games that are, that are apparent, like the Tom Clancy ones specifically, that are apparently back to square. I I you know I actually applaud Ubisoft for doing that. I think in this world, it's easy to put out a shitty game because you're afraid of shareholder reaction. Uh, if internally they're not happy with the product, I am glad to see them scrap it or not be afraid to delay it. Same thing with Watch Dogs. You know, push it. Make sure you put out a polished, you know, finished product people will enjoy, even if it means, you know, pain in the short term. Yeah, take responsibility for your product. Mm-hmm. Make something that's good and that people aren't going to come back and go... Why did I spend money on that? And then that opens up your sequel market. And then you make the sequels good, too. Right. Well, uh, I mean, it does affect uh, the stock a little bit. And, like, Ubisoft did drop when they announced right. um, the delay of Watch Dogs. But that's also a temporary drop. And at least they're not having the kinds of problems the EA is having right now. Right. And that's exactly what's making me think of Battlefield 4. You put out something that is that people have problems with. And not only does your stock suffer, but then lawsuits start happening and... It's just yeah. The bad. pitchforks and litigation are right there under the surface these days. People are ready to come for you if you mess something up, you know, big enough. Mm-hmm. Especially now that these big developers have gotten so big, they're really kind of becoming juicy targets in an industry that is kind of flush with cash at the moment. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, like I said, I, I think it's it's brave. It's definitely not the easy decision, and I'm glad to see that they're willing to to take their time and, and do it right. So thank you. I agree. Yes, for making for taking your time and making good games. We applaud you here at the patch. Yeah, I re- I really really want to play the division. I think it's the thing I was most excited about out of this past E3. So I want to make sure it's fun when I finally get to play it. Well, I'm curious. I mean, from what they showed at E3, and it's just a rumor. I mean, yeah, we, we, we don't know that. Yeah, we don't know for a fact. Could just be one really angry employee that's like, oh, I'm gonna mess up their stuff. Um, but. I mean, from what it, they showed at E3, that looked like kind of sort of it's a pseudo MMO type game, right? Right. So it doesn't necessarily need a lot of single player story scripting type stuff. It could be something kind of more quest based, which may not take as much development time as a single player experience. Like you think they have like a big book of quests written? They're like, we just can't wait to program these. I mean, you still have to you work do. on all of that. But I think, if anything, that's probably even more work. You think so? Because when you have a single player experience, you're almost like locking it off and being like, look at the game like this, like this, right. like this. When you open it up to like an MMO, it's like, okay, go out there and do stuff. Look at it from every angle. But there's so much more narrative to single player experience generally speaking than mmo mmo in most cases and you know there are exceptions like star wars uh really mm-hmm. had much more narrative experience for multiplayer uh and maybe they'll go that route but in most cases it's hey i need to five of these go get one and it's a text block and no one even talks it just you read it and then you go <laughs> do it and you bring them back so I will say that one of the problems that I have with MMOs in general is that difference in, I guess, the narrative and also your place in the narrative. Like in, you know, in Skyrim, this is a good example since we've got Elder Scrolls Online coming up. Um, in Skyrim, you're the big hero. 
You are destined. You are fated to be awesome. The dragonborn. You are the dragonborn. And then you're gonna have Elder Scrolls Online, where frankly, you're just another schmuck. The dragon spawn. Like you're not. You're not. You're not. You are no more special than anyone else. And Ted. That makes me sad. You're more special than NPCs. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Some of those NPCs are pretty cool. Until they took an arrow in the knee. Hey. Do you think they're going to do arrow in the knee callouts in Elder Scrolls Online? I hope not. I hope they know that that's kind of past. <laughs> I mean, that, that one's jumped the shark. Oh, it, yeah, immediately. That oh, wasn't a thing, was it? I mean, they just had some generic audio that just happened to be noticed that it was spread throughout the game. I mean, it wasn't even the same guy. It was like six different people that recorded the same line. Right. Yeah, there was that, and there was, um, what was the other one? It was the guard who's like, oh, did someone steal your sweet roll? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I got to go back and play that again. I was not a big Skyrim fan. Uh, for some reason, Elder Scrolls games don't grab me very much. Well, you don't uh, like those sandbox open world type things. No, generally. typically no. Um, so I got I, I to try it again. I think I bought it on a fucking Steam sale. I think it's on my goddamn computer. <laughs> did you did you play Morrowind? You know the, the mod that someone is working on? It's... It's weird. It's Skywind. So it's a it's a Skyrim mod where they are basically bringing Morrowind into like the Skyrim engine to make it look amazing and new and fantastic. But there's a catch, and that's that you have to own Morrowind, and you have to own the Blood Moon and Tribunal expansions for Morrowind, just to be able to run the mod for Skyrim. I guess does it in, take all the textures or? No. I, have, I No, I don't think so, because they're redoing all the textures. Like, that's part of what they're redoing, but it's obviously calling on something Maybe the geography. Like, it might take, like, the wireframe geography, and then they're putting new textures over it. Could be. Like, they didn't want to recreate the terrain. Or I wonder if there's some kind of licensing issue that they're being it, forced it could, to do It that, could but. also be that, in that if they make a free Morrowind mod for Skyrim, then that is essentially cutting off any legacy sales of Morrowind. Right. That's true. Actually, that's probably a really good point. But on the other hand, I have no idea where my copy of Morrowind is. I really don't want to buy another copy of Morrowind hey, is it just on Steam? to play the mod. You'll never it, lose it. Probably, <laughs> probably, probably for two bucks. Yeah. But that's true. I just, its price probably has dropped considerably. Yeah, I'm like you. I don't know where my discs for that are at this point. I know I have Morrowind. I'm trying to think where it is. Yeah, it's somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, that's discs. That's all my discs now is there somewhere. I had the worst first world, not, not first world, physical media problem. Is, um, so I started playing um, Kingdoms of Amalur again. I played it when it first came out in February of 2012. And I played it for a couple months. And then I got towards the end and I stopped because I do this with a lot of games because I don't want it to be over. Because, like, if I know that there's still something left to do, then I can still kind of be excited about it. And once it's done, like, yeah, that's, that's it. it. It's done. And so I stopped playing it. I've just gone back and started playing it again. And, um, you know, we've, we've got, so there's, there's Brittany and there's me and the boys. And so we've only got so many Xboxes in the house. So we're always having to, like, move around, depending on who's using what TV. I keep having to move my disc. I have to go and I have to get it from the upstairs and I have to take it to the downstairs. <laughs> and I have to put it in the downstairs Xbox. And it's like, that's the most ridiculous thing to complain about, I know. But I was just like, I really wish I just had this digitally right mm-hmm. now. I just wish that that would be great. That'd be sweet. I, I used to, God, when the, I think when the 360 first came out, one of the early podcasts, I joked that I wanted a five-disc changer in my 360. Then I could just put, like, all the games I'm currently, that are currently in the rotation in there that I would have to get up and fucking change the disc. But Bernie made fun of me for being lazy. <laughs> uh, here, let me, let me read this thing here. I want to remind everyone that this episode of The Patch is brought to you by Insert Coin Clothing, home of epic gaming apparel for men and women. 
Right now, save up to 70% off during their January sale. This includes popular designs from their Splinter Cell, Remember Me, Street Fighter, Assassin's Creed, and Sega Ranges. Insert Coin Clothing has new designs coming in the next few weeks, including Dead or Alive, Classic Resident Evil, Little Big Planet, Watch Dogs, and Worms. They deliver worldwide, and right now you can save 15% on your purchase when you use offer code New Year's Rooster. Support the patch and use offer code New Year's Rooster to save 15% at insertcoinclothing.com. Um, so yeah, Ryan's wearing the insert coin clothing shirt today. Coincidentally, I didn't know that they were sponsoring this one. I uh, I, I wore the uh, the long sleeve Last of Us Joel shirt during the uh, during Monday's RT podcast. I love that shirt, man. <laughs> the the subtle one. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. It's like when people see it, they're like, if they know, they know. They know. Yeah, what's up. like a mental fist bump. Yeah, like it's all up here. Like you don't actually touch each other because yeah. you know that would be weird. That'd be weird. Gross. Yeah. Like shirt touch. That's gonna yeah. It's like nice. Um, so, I, 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 was there any video released when Turtle Rock announced that they're making that new game? Turtle Rock is the studio who made Left 4 Dead. And I guess they announced that they're working on a new game called Evolve. Evolve? Is that it? Yeah. Evolve. Evolve. Yeah. Uh, was there any video or anything to go with that? Because all I saw was, like, a press release and, like, text descriptions of it. I haven't seen anything yet, and I haven't seen, like, screenshots or anything. See, that might, like, they might be saving it, honestly, because I know it's, it's in what? It's in the upcoming Game Informer, right? Like, that's the future. Right. Issue. So, the, if Game Informer has the exclusive, I'd be surprised if they release anything to sort of preempt it. Man, that's got to be rough business for magazines these days. I mean, how many people you open one, you're like, man, I just want to hit play, but it's why yeah. can't I? Paper. Why can't I click on this? <laughs> how, do, how do I look up more Let me information? Go to the internet for more information. Look, I can get it all here. So, so I guess uh, the only information that I have here is this: Evolve centers around a four versus one hunt mode in which four teammates score off against a fifth player who controls a powerful alien creature that grows stronger as matches progress. The cooperative competitive gameplay... Okay, no, whatever. Uh, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, which sounds like a really fun idea. I really like asymmetrical multiplayer. Yes. That's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just reading like that one sentence. I was like, I want to play that game. Did you ever play Giants Citizen Kabuto? No, I never played that. So it was, it was a, an older PC game, and it was, um, it was unusual in that the multiplayer, there were... There were three factions. There were, like, these little mini alien dudes who had cool technology like jetpacks. There was, uh, af- after the patch, uh, topless magic chicks that, like, floated around. Go and on. generally just had boobs out. Ooh. And then there was the giant, Kabuto. And it was this enormous, huge dude that would just, like, pick up cows and eat them. And just, like, like just wreck, like all he does, does is wreck havoc. But that was fun. Because, like, depending on what you wanted, you could be, like, any of these factions, and they all work completely differently. I loved it. Hmm. Interesting. No, I never, I, 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 I remember that game, the, but the I never, never played it. boob women. Oh, yeah. So, they, it was a funny thing. When the, when the game first came out, um, they actually had to, they had to put a, like, a, a bikini top on the, I would imagine, on the chicks. yeah. And, um, and they turned all of the blood green, so it was more like alien goo. Oh, yeah. It's not violent. Aliens. Aliens kill them. Yeah, yeah sure. whatever. And yeah. then right after the game came out, they released a patch to, like, make her topless again and turn the blood back to red because it was something they'd done to get through ratings. <laughs> of, of and so course. then they just, like, as soon as you bought it, you could just patch that back. Nice. <laughs> That's the way to go. It was very sneaky. Um, so someone tweeted, uh, who was it, R-T-A-H-M-X-L-A, it seems that Ryan didn't know about the arrow in the knee meme. It was even in an LMFAO music video. Oh, you it did. seems like I didn't know, did it? You so did the, an Arrow in the Knee video. I did, yeah. Go take a look at legacy videos on roosterteeth.com. There's a very wonderful Kill the Meme video. Look it up. Yep. I think that it might actually be the first video I just made 
I think it was. Spontaneously. Yeah. When you, yeah, I, I, I remember that. God, that was so long ago. Um, one of the other games, I guess, that recently got announced was uh, Alien Isolation. I don't know oh, if, yeah. if either of you saw anything about that. But it looks like that's going to be a really fun game. I feel like a lot of times, you know, especially with, like, Alien Colonial Marines, that franchise has not fared well in the video game space. Uh, but this looks like this is something that could be really fun. It's not like a survival horror alien st- st- uh, or a survival horror style game set in the alien universe. Yeah, well, and they were saying that um, that it does draw really deeply from the 1979 film, like from the right. original, and mm-hmm. that like even even watching the the video that's available, you can get a lot of that sense that it's supposed to be much more intimate. It's supposed to be that between you and like this single alien, <coughs> and you know, confronting it and not being able to kill it or mm-hmm. that sort of thing, where it's not. Well, it's not Colonial Marines, well, for one. But it's just, you know, it's it's a bit more true to the spirit of mm-hmm. the original movie. So that all sounds really promising. Yeah, well, does it? I mean, what's... So I, that looks really interesting to me. I'm really excited for it. But my question is, where's the gameplay there? So you only have one enemy, uh, at least from what they've kind of talked about so far. It's just that one alien. Uh, and it's, it's really cool to say that it's just an environmental horror kind of thing. But what are you doing in the game? Like, imagine you played... Uh, Dead Space, I never shot anybody. Hmm. I, well, I don't know that... I mean, the alien... I would assume that, you know, the alien's going to be a recurring threat to you. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you may not be able to kill it, but it's probably going to do its oh, damage sure. to, yeah. to, you know, take you out. I mean, look at the... Like, the, the original movie, there was only the... There was one alien, but at no point did you think they were out of danger. True. Yeah, I mean, it's a constant threat, and that's that's good, but... Again, what's your gameplay mechanic? Yeah, and also, I mean, that that can suffice for, like, an hour and a half or a two-hour, you know, right. narrative, mm-hmm. you know, that's being told to you as opposed to, like, a ten-hour game where you're wandering around. I mean, yeah, is it, like, a puzzle game where you're looking for key cards? Well, they, they said, the- uh, one of the things they said is it does involve, you know, first-person shooting, but they also have a crafting system where you create things that help you evade the alien or defend against it or cause distractions. Uh, at the same time, you'll find the odd small firearm around the place. It's a large city-sized space station, so there's going to be that sort of thing around. I guess you, you'll fight it off, maybe. So like, you still fight it. But if there's only one, which it seems to be the way they're building this experience, is you, you're not going to do a lot of fighting. Maybe it's almost like, it's a bad phrase, but it's almost like a tower defense where you're like, you know the alien's going to come and attack you, so make sure you're prepared and you have you know some stuff ready to fight it off. And you keep trying to work your way around, maybe solve a mystery. I'm sure escape. that's going to be the really the, the maybe it'll be more like a book almost like mm-hmm. a narrative story of exploration and terror, mm-hmm. which would be cool. I mean, those interactive mediums are really interesting. Look at Walking Dead or uh, the werewolf one. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, I'm curious what the mechanic is, what the hook, mm-hmm. other than just we got an alien. <laughs> alien, come on! Yeah, it works uh, so well for Colonial Marines. What I what I also read was that they uh, they're pretty much they say they're pretty much done with the game. They have a build you can play from beginning to end, and they're just going to work on polish. It's supposed to come out late this year, so they're just going to polish it and make it fun. I, I have to say that I appreciate that. I it's really hard to have a game announced a year and a half, two years before it comes out, and then just be excited and waiting and waiting and waiting that long until it feels like it's never going to come out. Just saying. Hey, we're announcing a game. By the way, it's almost finished, and it'll be out in, you know, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. That's so much easier. So much easier. It yeah. seems like it's hard to sit on that kind of information for a long time these days, too. I mean, it just gets out there. Well, you got to build that hype, you know. It's like uh-huh. the marketing. Like, we got to have so much lead time. That way we can market it, and people know, educate mm-hmm. them. 
Let's well, see. I mean, I mean, it's been rumored since 2011. Like Is it? Okay. People, people have sort of had an idea that they're working on something. I want to say it was in May 2011. They had out. They were putting out like job listings for a new like alien game for mm-hmm. this developer. So it was sort of known if you were following it really, really closely. Like it, you know, it wasn't a hundred percent secret. Like um, whatever Rocksteady is doing at the moment, uh-huh. which is like known as any idea. Man, you are correct. May 2011. Look at you. Ah. On the spot over there. Done my research. I was doing some fucking <laughs> fact-checking on the fly. Very good. Captain Calendar over here. <laughs> um, you know, but so it hasn't been 100% secret, just not announced. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, a lot of those times, you know, with a game that has name recognition like Aliens, so if it gets even a rumor out there, all of a sudden everybody's talking about it. So I this I'd heard nothing about it Who until knows? this happened. Maybe they did in 2011. Maybe so. Or you might also have heard something about it, and then in your head got it mashed up with, like, Colonial Marines or another That's a game. good point, with you know, Colonial like, Marines th- launching. That happened to me there. with XCOM, the Bureau. Like, I knew there were, the like, Enemy Within came out, and I was like, wasn't this the Bureau? Like, I was confused, because, like, two different XCOM games. Yeah, that so, one was a little bit weird. Yeah, so I, I could definitely see that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess another bit of news that came out this week is China has temporarily lifted their ban on game consoles. Sorta. Sorta. So the, the trick was... They've lifted their ban on foreign game consoles if the consoles are manufactured in Shanghai. In the and then free trade in zone. In the free yeah. trade zone and then well, imported. The China. other trick to that was there was no ban. They'd already lifted it in September. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. I think they, they'd announced that they were planning on doing something. It's just that as of yesterday or today, the ban is actually lifted. But I think the console manufacturers still have to get approval from the Ministry of Culture before they can do anything. And even then, they can sell it in the... Free ta- the the free, free trade, trade region of Shanghai, and from there it can filter into the rest of the country. Right, but it's not just like go crazy. It's not the one. They're not. Well, yeah, I mean to be fair, it, you, they talk about that how all games will have to go through the Ministry of Culture. Do we have any different kind of an experience, say, with Australia? I mean, how many times has Australia bounced a game for certain content? I mean, oh, well, everything I gets approved by somebody. I don't know that they're talking about the game specifically, but the, the game consoles. The consoles. The devices well, themselves will have to be approved. Right. The console has to get in one time, but then every subsequent the game, game also has to. Well, you think about it. It's like the ESRB. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's, yeah. Like, it's like a ratings console, essentially. Though, I mean, in the U.S., if the ESRB gives it a bad rating, well, I guess it has to be rated by the ESRB before it can be sold, right? Uh, at retail, I believe. At retail. I don't know about okay. digital distribution. It might not know. need that for digital. Uh, yeah, here I think you might be able to get it out there without having that sign off. Unlike I think a lot some of m- I think a lot of mobile games actually bypass that way because they're not sold in stores, mm. so they get they get by without getting ratings. I think a lot of times, you know, since the ESRB is an industry-run organization, the industry wants to have their games rated by the ESRB right. because you know ultimately they're afraid of the government taking over and doing the ratings. So I mean they would rather. Keep yeah. it themselves, and the ESRB um, is is actually much more strict in their enforcement than like the MPAA or like anything well, like that. It's, like, they're also a lot more transparent. As, yes, as far as like self regulating industries, the ESRB is is pretty top notch. Yeah, uh, I, I, but great. but they do have reason to because you, they you know I I get it. I wouldn't want the government stepping in and saying what you can and can't do. Right. You know, there's we talk we've talked about this before, but like the MPAA will not even give you. Like, they'll, you give them your movie, they give you a rating, and they don't tell you why. Like, that's it. It's just a black box system. Right. You feed it in, and if you don't, the result if, comes out. Yeah, if you don't like the rating, you don't know what to change. Like, you can submit a, right. a new cut, but you don't know if you address what Did they like Did we not like kill enough people? It. Let's kill some more people. Maybe if there's a little bit more blood? More blood? No? No? no. <laughs> That's blood? 
Um, <laughs> so when uh, China announced that they did suspend the console ban, Nintendo stock in Japan jumped over 10%. Yes, yeah, 10.7. And Sony's went up too, but I thought it was weird that Sony's went up like 1.4% and Nintendo's went up 10%. Nintendo's already like, there. That's a, in China? In China? Yeah, they, had, they sold it or IQ brand, I believe. Oh, that w- they had that weird GameCube thing, the Panasonic thing. Is that what it right? was? Right, yeah. Uh, it, that's I just read somewhere, I believe it was part of a joystick article, uh, that, yeah, they're, they're already part of that market. Now, it, just like anything else, I mean, for things to get into China, China has to, I think they require you to actually manufacture domestically. Like, you have to move some manufacturing there. Yeah, it, everyone already makes it. that stuff in China anyway. That's true, well, in a lot of cases. Uh, but so that's, and then it usually has to be under a different brand. So I think Nintendo's been there already. I it's think true. Microsoft did that as well with some Xbox stuff. Like, they branded it under another company. Hmm, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, even World of, ah, Whoa. I caught it. <laughs> even World of Warcraft was under a different company, right, when right. it was distributed there. I mean, anything that goes in seems to go through a third party. Right. Now, I find it really strange. So, so China, um, they, they banned game consoles uh, in 2000, basically on the grounds that they were destructive and harmful to children and adolescents. And everyone went, okay, it's fine. We'll just go play on PC. No, actually, you can still buy any of the consoles very easily on the great market. They can, they can import them and everything, mm-hmm. you know, but, but they were saying, um, was it, it was like 13 or $15 billion that the, um, the Chinese game industry did last year out of the billions and billions and billions, 15 million was from console games. Ooh. It's, it's super heavy PC. So everyone kept playing games. They just moved to PC, which in the end would theoretically defeat the purpose of why the consoles were banned in the first place. Well, I guess you could argue, I don't know how many of those PC games that they're playing are stuff that are imports, though. It could be that it's a lot more of domestic, you know, domestically produced games. And, and I think there is quite a lot of that. You know, you get a lot of games that are that only exist there mm-hmm. at the moment. But, I mean, if video games as a whole are what's harmful and, you know, for, for the kids... <laughs> well, China's then... always been very xenophobic about culture coming in. Like, they're, they seem to be a little bit nervous about... That whole free market idea getting too loose in the country, and anything that kind of movies, video games, anything that lets you experience a life different from what you get there, sometimes can be kind of shut out of the country. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we said, I'm sure they're going to keep a very tight regulation on uh, what games go in and out, or what games are allowed into the country. Like no battlefield. No yeah. battlefield. Well, you know, here's a, here's a key, uh, a good idea. If you want to sell it in China, don't create a DLC against China. Don't create yes. a DLC where China's the bad guy. <laughs> um, so, in another news I read this week, I read that uh, a million people have uh, purchased Sty- St- the Starbound early access so far, which is uh, a lot of people. It is, and it was is a million for Starbound, and I want to say they passed like eight hundred and eighty thousand for Daisy. Daisy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, I played some Starbound. I want to go back and try to start it over because I it really didn't grab me the first time I played it because I didn't really understand what I was doing. But now that I've learned more about the game, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to give it another shot. Well, good, then you can show me because I have no idea how to get started in it. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a game that definitely suffers from early access. There's no, like, this is what to do. This is how you do it. It's like, click, click. Uh, what am I doing? You, you spend a lot of time clicking. Um, but Daisy, yeah, over 800,000. That's uh, that's great. You know they've got a huge cash influx now. They can finish the game. Yeah, and I think they're they're still not planning to go into beta till towards the end of the year. Yeah, they said they might launch by the end of the year, 
by the end of 2014. Man, he's not in a hurry. No, no hurry. <laughs> Might take another vacation, go climb Everest again. Um, did you see that video that came out the other day of the uh, the bandits in Daisy who kidnap a couple of guys and try to make them fight each other? What? The, uh, <laughs> this, this group of bandits with guns come across this group of three survivors, and they've all got, like, axes. And two of the survivors have yellow jackets. So they make the guys put all their axes down, and they make the, the guys in yellow jackets sit across from each other. And they tell them, all right, get up and fight each other. Uh, and one of them doesn't want to fight, so he, like, starts trying to run away, so they kill him. <gasps> and they're like, all right, he's dead. You're yellow jacket guy now. So you're the only guy who could have a yellow jacket. You, you can't have two people in your group of yellow jackets. Oh, my God. It's really, really weird. That's weird. And they're like, congratulations, you win. What do you want? You can have a bag of rice, bandages, or you know, something else. And the guy's like, I'll take the bag of rice. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Here you go. A bag of rice. Good choice. Good choice. It's super bizarre. It's really wow. a Mad Max world on on those servers. It seems like it. You know, people band together, and, and I'm sure Adam is actually one of them. He's, I think, he used to do that a lot back in the day. Yeah, I'm sure he's moved over to the new platform. Yeah, one of the most interesting thing things about Daisy is is exactly those kinds of things. Just the weird stories. Like everyone who's played has a Daisy story mm-hmm. about like what what crazy way they died or how they did this thing, and there was an invisible helicopter or just like just crazy stuff. And everyone has a story. Everyone. It does seem like he's added a lot of interesting things that lend more towards that human interaction part of it. I mean, you can handcuff people, they can put up their hands, you can hold them hostage, things like that. Uh, And that seems to be where the main story of DayZ is. The zombies are just kind of an ancillary thing that's a constant threat. One of my favorite videos that came out of that when the the DayZ Alpha first came out is, like, this guy standing outside of a town. He sees another survivor walking towards him, and he puts up his hand to, like, high-five this guy walking at him. The guy walking at him comes up to him, looks at him, and just goes... (laughs) <laughs> and then the guy him off, walks around him and keeps going down the road and the guy's just standing there with his hands still up like <laughs> well it's better than getting shot which is what generally happens better than getting mm-hmm. shot or an axe to the face yeah or an arrow to the knee that's how they say hi oh god those arrows to the knee bringing it back look at you guys um, one of my other favorite games from last year was FTL and I guess they have a new version coming out soon called uh, I think it's Advanced Edition uh-huh. yeah, yeah. FTL Advanced Edition, which is going to add a new alien race, uh, as well as like a new subsystem on ships and a new drone type. So I'm super and a excited. New space I, sector. I might finally finish the game. Is that going to go to all platforms? Or is it just going to be on certain platforms? Um, uh, so it's going to be. I mean, it's PC, mm-hmm. and then um, they're also going to be releasing an iPad version. Yep. Is the iPad version out already? No, I think the iPad version is coming with Advanced Edition. Yeah, I think that, okay. the, the mobile version will be Advanced Edition. When they release that, they're going to update. The PC version, to be yeah, and the PC issue. version is just going to be like that's just going to be free. Oh wow! Yeah, it's okay. like if you already had FTL, it's basically a patch. And oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, you get you upgraded. Yeah, you get upgraded to this new version, which is great. Who does that now? Yeah, <laughs> free expansion, free DLC. That's weird. Yeah, like it's it's almost like a dot five version of the game. It's like a serious overhaul. You know, it's not a whole new. It's not like a 2.0, but significant changes. Yeah, and um, the the story is actually being it's so it's got a new story as well, really? and it's actually being co-written by Chris Avalon. Who worked on Fallout New Vegas? He's from Obsidian, but he also worked on um, uh, one of the Neverwinter games. Uh, I can't remember which one off the top of my head, but he's like he's supposed to be like legendary in like RPG circles. So uh, I'm glad you actually mentioned Fallout New Vegas because uh, I saw that Fallout and Fallout Two are again available on Steam. Okay, oh, so they back. have they have re-released them. I right. know they were intending to, but I they, hadn't. They seen said that they, they were working had. hard to re-release it as quickly as possible. That's the last story I saw. So I was like, I'm going to go look on Steam right now and see if it's there. It was there. Good to you know they're back. Yeah, so it's it's back. I actually got those on GOG like 
for free about two weeks ago. Yeah, they had just yeah. given them away. Well, well because it's a funny thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's super sneaky. Is that um, so? Bethesda got the rights to Fallout in 2007. But Interplay, who owned it beforehand, they they kept the rights to sell the old games, um, and also they had the, the MMO the, rights. Yeah, and the MMO rights. Um, and then last 2012 now, uh, so two years ago, Bethesda sued them, or you know they put a lawsuit, um, basically trying to take all that back, saying that Interplay had uh, failed to meet the license agreements, rendering it all void. So. Interplay had to stop selling the old Fallout games as of the end of 2013. So that's why they took them off the store. But right before they took them off the store, they said, here, everybody have it for free. Yeah, that was, that, a, that was like, like a big cheap wow. deal. Like, you're going to get super, it back, but you're cheeky. not going to sell a goddamn copy. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's, it's pretty funny. I mean, it's, it's $2 no one else is going to make. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of spiteful. <laughs> but oh, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's back. If you never played the original Fallout games uh, and you didn't get it for free two weeks ago, uh, you can get it on Steam again. Great, great games. Uh, I mean, fantastic. Totally different Fallout 3. Not, super, super different. Not FPS at all. Mm-hmm. Think, I mean, there were games that were released 16 and 17 years ago now, so totally different. But still still fun, I think. I haven't played it in a few years. Um, so we're almost at time. You see, uh, oh, no. we're, we're wrapping up here. Uh, like we, we, you know, we talked about Oculus Rift a little earlier. Mm-hmm. One of the other things I read this week is that John Carmack is at work doing first-party Oculus Rift software stuff. Which yep. is not that surprising since he did leave id, and it is id, mm-hmm. not id. Come on, uh, <laughs> uh, specifically to work on Oculus Rift. It makes sense that he, like, as their what CTO, CTO yes. he would be working on you know technology and games well, to what, push it. What you see to me is that he's actually working and developing stuff instead of like overseeing architecture. You think once you get to that executive level, you oversee and implement strategies as opposed to like getting your hands dirty hey you got John Carmack what do you do with him you know what though it depends on the person like if he likes if he likes wading in and just like working on stuff and getting his hands on stuff then I think it's fantastic that he can do that I mean I mean he's an industry legend Mm -hmm. so and you know not everyone wants to you know grow up and become a, a a manager who never does anything themselves what my big fear is and I have tons of respect for John Carmack he's great my big fear is that He's going to try to do it all himself, and he's not going to foster a group that can do it independently. I don't want them to be – and I, don't, I think I was ripped to shit. I hate it. But I want them to succeed. You know, I don't, I don't wow. wish them ill. But I want him to make sure to I mean, create a they're department. they're terrible. I hope they all die. But he I don't need, wish them ill. He needs to create an infrastructure that can do all the work because if the company is going to scale and grow, he cannot do it all by himself. That is true. And you need to have a legacy that can live beyond you. All right. Well, we're at time. We need to wrap things up here. So thanks for watching. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of RT Podcast and next Wednesday with another episode of The Patch. Hey. Bye. Bye.